favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. There. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author Jennifer Beckstrand, who will introduce us to her latest release, His Amish Sweetheart. Hello, Jennifer. How are you today? So great. Thank you for having me again. Well, you're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you on the Buggy Talk podcast. You um, are a joyful person, and I love interviewing you, and your stories make us smile. So I'm always pleased to have you here. But before we get started talking about his Amish sweetheart, like always, I like to dig into your writing career a little bit. Is that okay? That's great. All right. Well, as many of our listeners probably know, you have been writing for a good many years, and I think that you probably have how many books now? Maybe 30 or more? Yes, I counted the other day, and I think with the one that comes out in October, I think that makes 31. Oh, wonderful. So after 31 books, you pretty much know what some of the essential elements of good writing would be, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Share, us, share with us your thoughts about the essential elements of good writing. Well, one thing that's so interesting is if, for me, if I hear that a book is very well written, I want to read it. And so I, I will read it. And I will forget to look for why it's well-written. It's almost like you forget that you're reading someone's writing. You know, you're just so immersed in the story. So I think great writers are able to take you out of your head and right into the story. So, of course, the plot is so important and the great characters and the great dialogue. Um, and you can almost have a good story without a plot as long as you've got great characters, but I, that's only for, you know, level 10 writers. And then I feel like a really good technique. If you have really great, a turn of a phrase, or if you're as a writer, if you've really paid attention to the craft of writing and just the many different things that go into that. I think that's, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think it's a great answer and I couldn't agree more. You know, those, the books that we remember the most are one, the ones that make us feel a deep emotion, whether it be laughter, joy, pain, crying, happiness, whatever it is, the books that can make us emotionally feel something are the books that we're going to remember. And just like you said, the books that we can escape into the storyline and get out of our own life, those are the ones that make really good stories that we're going to remember. So I think you're perfectly on point there. That brings me to asking you, what do you think comes first, especially in your stories? Is it the plot or the characters? And then how do you develop that, that, that plot or those characters along the way? Well, I think it actually kind of depends on the book. 
Usually for me, it's the plot, just because I feel like the plot is the framework and the structure and almost the foundation of your book. So usually the first question I ask is, what can go wrong? And that's kind of the framework for my plot. What can go wrong and how can we fix it? And then you create characters that fit into that scenario And sometimes they react differently than maybe you thought they would when you first started the plot. And so sometimes that can change the plot. But I think the plot really has to be the the foundation for a good story. Oh, most definitely. How many times have you written a story and you thought your character had certain characteristics and then as you were writing it, they completely changed up on you? Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, it does. Not like, I'd say about maybe 40% of the time. So it's quite a bit that I'll, I'll get to writing and I'll think, well, I, I want to do this plot point or this plot twist. And then I'll realize, oh, my character can't do that. Or it, that would not happen that way with these characters. And then you kind of have to change stuff up. But <laughs> Well, I've had to do that quite often. And sometimes it throws throws a monkey wrench into things. Have you ever, you know, when it comes to plot and characters, have you ever written yourself into a hole that you didn't know how you were going to get out of? Um, Yes, that happens quite often. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. And then I think, oh, I'm going to go find something to eat. That's usually usually how I solve that problem. M&Ms will fix that problem, right? A few (laughs) M&Ms. Oh, so Jennifer, I have to say, I love the names of your books or the titles of your books. And I know that a lot of authors really don't have a lot of say when it comes to what their publishers want to name their books. Have you always been happy in the titles? Do you have any, do you get to give them feedback or do you even pick your own titles? You know, I mostly have picked my own titles. The few times that my editors picked the titles is because I just couldn't come up with anything. Like my Huckleberry Hill series has eventually, so I've written two more Huckleberry Hill books that are coming out next year. And so, you know, the first one was Huckleberry Hill, then Huckleberry Summer, then Huckleberry Christmas. And we did all the seasons and then it was like, okay, what do I do? Return to Huckleberry Hill. Second chance <laughs> is on Huckleberry Hill. And there so at that point it was like, um, John, he's my editor. Do you have, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> so, so that's a fun one. Like um, with my, my Amish quilt maker series, the, the first one, my editor called me and he said, you know, Uh, Amish books with babies on the cover are really selling well right now. And do you want to try and write one about a baby? I thought about it. And so that was one that was like, okay, here's the character you need to put in this book. Had to turn that on its head and be like, okay, what is the plot? And then, okay, this, this plot is with a baby. Anyway, so I thought about the Amish quilt maker's unexpected baby. And I thought he's not going to like this title because it's very long and he loved it. And then when the book came out, the cover did not have the baby on it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was a little bit annoyed that I had done this specifically, but it was totally fine. And I, that's one of my best-selling books, but 
then after that, I thought, well, I kind of want these titles to go together. So the the first is the Amish Quilt Makers Unexpected Baby. And then the second one is the Amish Quilt Makers Unruly In-Law. And the third one is the Amish Quilt Makers Unconventional Niece. And I've just been offered a contract for three more Amish Quilt Maker books. And I'm trying to figure out good titles. <laughs> Are you running out of you words? Yeah, you know, I I looked on my thesaurus and I thought, well, there are quite a few. I just I don't know if I want to make the whole book about you know something unfamiliar or unfinished or <laughs> whatever it is. You know, I don't think I've ever heard another author say that they had to pretty much write a story around a book cover. <laughs> Often the book covers come way after the story, and this was complete opposite almost for you the book cover became <laughs> became the story so yeah. that was pretty that was an interesting take on how you come up with the titles of your book <laughs> but thank you for sharing that so we get to talk about his Amish sweetheart right now and before we do that I'm going to go ahead and read your back matter just so that we can set the scene before we talk about his Amish sweetheart okay Fondly nicknamed the Peanut Butter Brothers, Andrew, Abraham, and Austin Petersheim skillfully run one of Wisconsin's most cherished family businesses, but their mischievous younger twin siblings have a talent all of their own for matchmaking. Between work and keeping his little brothers out of trouble, Austin Petersheim barely has time to think, much less court the most popular matel in town. But if he can establish a local market to directly sell his family's goods, he'll stand out as a potential husband. He's so grateful for the help of his longtime friend, Hannah Yutzi, who has such practical ideas and is so easy to talk to. While Austin embarks on his plan, his siblings have a plan of their own to give Austin and Hannah a little nudge to show them they're made for each other. When their antics wreck havoc with a rival family emporium, Hannah must help help Austin set things right. And as she does just that, Austin is stunned to realize his best friend could be his perfect wife. Now he'll just need the courage and faith to find out if she agrees. Well, Jennifer, I am glad to see the Peanut Butter Brothers and their twins coming back into another story because so many of us have fallen in love with those twin siblings. Thank you. Yes, they are so much fun. And I, I love writing about them. I bet you do. So I just, well, I love writing about children because I feel like, you know, they just don't have any guile and they are so cute and sweet. I mean, Alfie and Benji, Alfie, especially he is not sweet, but he is so earnest. I guess that's a good word. And um, they, they meet up with these two little girls, Ruthann and Dinah, and they're trying to get Hannah and um, Austin together. And it is so cute. And I just love writing about their antics, you know, because they accidentally set things on fire. They're never trying to hurt anything or anybody. They just are trying to get Hannah and Austin together and However that works, it's just going to happen. Well, I certainly hope, and I hope your readers agree with me, that I hope somewhere down the road that these two boys, who have been so mischievous as youngsters, will have a story of their own. (laughs) 
I think they will too. I think so <laughs> too. I think fun. so too. All <laughs> right. So his Amish sweetheart, if you could describe your main character, which is either Austin or Hannah, you can pick which one, what would be three words you'd use to describe them? Hannah, I think she would be loyal. She's very loyal because Austin is really clueless. I guess that's his word, clueless. Austin is courting this other girl in the district and he doesn't see what's right in front of his face. Anyway, so she's very loyal. She's very smart, very savvy at business, and she's very kind. So those are the three words, loyal, smart, and kind. Well, that makes for the perfect character. So (laughs) remind us again where these stories are set. So these are set in Bondwell, Wisconsin, which is, oh, maybe about an hour west of Green Bay. My sister lives in Wisconsin, and I met through her I met this great um, Kent Natsky who lives up in Bondwell and just among all the Amish and he and his wife had us in their home and he just took me around to all these great places and Amish businesses and introduced me to some Amish people and I just loved it. And so that's, that's where their set is right up there in Wisconsin. I don't like research. I, I love meeting people. <laughs> so that was fun, but I don't like doing the hard research, but I have done some of that too. So actually I like the research part. Do you? <laughs> I do. I love, I love to go visit places. I'm going to write about, you know, I write about um, my hometown, really uh, an area of the country that, that I grew up in, um, not necessarily in the particular Amish town that my stories are set in. I love going there. I just love visiting there. And when you and I were in Berlin here a few weeks back, you know, it was nice to just see that part of the world. So who knows, maybe one of my stories will happen in Sugar Creek, you know, at, at some point, but um, oh, yeah. it's such a beautiful part of the country. I just love it there. Yeah, uh, it certainly is. It certainly is. So tell us, um, this book, you probably wrote what, you're about a year out, right? So you maybe wrote this book a year ago or more? So this book, um, it was actually scheduled to come out in June of 2020. And COVID kind of just tripped it up. My editor said, we're going to pull it. We're not going to publish it um, right now. We're going to retool the cover because we think it would sell better with a woman on the cover they did all that and I think the new cover and they 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 retitled it his Amish sweetheart because it was just titled Austin anyway I think the cover they came up with is just stunning I love the cover and Austin is still on the cover but he's kind of in the background and Hannah's in the front then so they just released it just the end of June so I probably wrote it like four years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, do you remember if they made you take any, any scenes out of the book? You know, my editor, once I, I, I really like to write a clean book. I don't like writing things that get cut. <laughs> so I really try to just make it exactly what I want it to be before I send it to my editor And my editor very, very rarely asked me to cut something or change something. Usually he says, this looks great. 
And I'll be like, yay. (laughs) Oh, that has to be encouraging. Yes. Yeah. And for me, I, that, I don't know, that's really discouraging to me if I think, oh, I have to go back and fix this because then I feel like it, it changes everything, you know, that comes after that. But I remember my very, very first Amish book, I had it written. I got a publisher but I had it written before we signed the contract. And so I sent it in and the editor wanted me to rewrite the entire second half of the book. And oh, oh that was really demoralizing because I'd spent so much time working on it, but that hasn't happened for a long time. Mostly it's my publishers, my editor's really, really happy with what I've sent. So, you know, if you work with the same editor or publisher for a long time, they pretty much know your voice. So they know you're going to, they know what you're going to send in is, is a reader ready anyway. So I think that's one of the benefits of working with a publisher or, or um, an editor for a really long time. Don't you think? I think so. I totally agree with that. That's so true. So tell us what you hope your readers take away from his Amish sweetheart. Well, I always want my readers to just be so happy, you know, just have such a fun time with the books. And that's why I love romances because they end happy and they, um, you know, two people fall in love. So that's probably my main thing is just because I find so much pleasure in reading a good book. And so that's part of it. I specifically with his Amish sweetheart, I think about those cute twins who, like I said, just are so guileless and are doing their best to do the right thing. And they, they are always messing up. Their mother is always scolding them and, but they just keep trying. And I think that's how it is for all of us. And so I love, I love that message. I love the message of always holding hope in your heart. Um, Hannah, she, she has to kind of compete with this Priscilla, this other girl that Austin thinks he's in love with. And she just, she doesn't give up hope except at the very end, but you know, that's, you always have to have that dark moment. You certainly do. Too, you know what? I love, I love the thought that everything will work out everything will be okay. And I hope that, you know, readers get that from all of my stories, that no matter how hard things get, everything will be okay. It certainly will, because there's light at the end of this dark tunnel we're in. So this is my favorite part of our interview, when when our authors will read us a little snippet of the story we're discussing. So you have the floor, you read to us as little or as much as you as you prefer. Okay, well, so this scene, um, Austin is the girl that he's interested in. She's very pretty, very popular. And he has talked himself into thinking that she's the one that he wants to, to court and marry. And in this scene, she comes over, she's bringing a plate of cookies. So her name is Priscilla and she, her, it, she goes by Scylla for short. Scylla had a pretty small kind of smile. Austin loved that she was so modest and demure. 
I hope I'm not interrupting. I can come back later. She handed Austin a plate of cookies. They looked like miniature cow pies, but it didn't matter what they looked like. Silly used whole wheat and organic ingredients. For sure and certain, they would taste wunderbar. I came over to see how Benji is feeling, she said. She took the plate from Austin and pushed it in Benji's direction. I made you some cookies to help you feel better. That's wonderful. Nice of you, Austin said. Scylla had to be the most thoughtful girl in the district. Benji wrinkled his nose and tried to smile. To a nine-year-old, those cookies probably didn't look very good. I'm feeling much better. You didn't need to bring me anything. It was no trouble at all. Scylla peeled the plastic wrap from the plate, picked up a cookie and handed it to Benji. Try one. They're called BM cookies. Benji knew his manners, especially with mom sitting not six feet away. He took the cookie and gingerly bit into it. He chewed for what seemed like three minutes and swallowed hard while Scylla watched. He smacked his lips and gave Scylla a polite but painful smile. I need some milk, he said, turning around and marching into the kitchen. Austin glanced at Scylla and forced a carefree laugh. Cookies go better with milk. Scylla hadn't seemed to notice that Benji had practically gagged down her cookie. Is it raw milk, she asked. Austin nodded from our cows. Syl picked up another cookie and held it out to Alfie, who was backed against the wall as if he'd been cornered by a bear. Alfie, I don't want you to miss out on all the fun. They're whole wheat made with honey and molasses. Alfie liked Scylla. He talked about her all the time. He loved going to the library with Austin to visit her, but he'd never been as polite as Benji, and he obviously wasn't about to make take one of her cookies. I'm full, he said, pressing himself against the walls, if trying to get to the other side by going through it. Austin would have to be the one to set a good example. Well, I want one, he said, scooping the biggest cookie from the plate. Scylla seemed pleased, though she didn't smile. Of course you do, they're whole wheat. Austin grinned at Alfie and took a hearty bite of his extra large cookie. It was like biting into a dirt clod, clay soil. He didn't change his expressions. He tried to chew it, but it was quite a workout for his jaw. He did his best to smile at Scylla while he chewed. It really didn't taste too bad, like sawdust and mud sweetened with molasses, but he could sure use a big glass of cold wet milk right about now. He finally swallowed his bite. Appetitely, Scylla. The molasses really give it a flavor. He turned to his parents and grandparents and held up the rest of his cookie. Everybody needs to try one of these cookies. He glanced at Scylla. I'll get some milk. Maybe he was being a little too enthusiastic, but since no one else but mommy was helping, he had to be enthusiastic enough for all of them. Benji came from the kitchen with half a glass of milk and no cookie. It was a good guess he hadn't eagerly finished his cookie in the privacy of the kitchen. Austin didn't even have to check the trash can to know where Scylla's cookie had ended up. Well, Austin wasn't a coward. He liked Scylla and that made her cookies taste delicious to him. Kind of like how Jacob worked seven years for Rachel and it only seemed like a day because he loved her so much. Without a glass of milk, he took another bite of Scylla's cookie and swallowed it down cheerfully, and it didn't even lodge in his throat. Scylla gave Austin a sympathetic smile. I know how hard it is with your brethren, but you are so patient with them. For sure and certain, they drive me crazy, especially especially the way your mother lets them run wild. Austin frowned. Mom didn't let the boys run wild. They found their own trouble. They're wonderful annoying, he said, but I guess I was that way when I was nine. 
Scylla shook her head. Ah, you were, weren't anything but nice and well-behaved, even back then. Scylla didn't have a very good memory. Austin just smiled as if the compliment she'd given him was the absolute truth. She admired him. He wouldn't do anything to burst her bubble. What does BM stand for, he asked. What? You said they are BM cookies. What does that stand for? Scylla moved closer and lowered her voice even further. Austin's pulse sped up when her sleeve grazed his hand. BM stands for bowel movement. They're called bowel movement cookies because if you're plugged up, they'll help you have a good bowel movement. And after what happened at the store yesterday, I knew your brothers needed some. Little boys tend to misbehave when they're constipated. Jennifer, only you could write a bowel movement into a story and get away with it. <laughs> well, later on, I do mention that Austin wondered if she should have said that word out loud, but <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, Jennifer, we had a, a nice long conversation before we started this interview, and this is exactly the type of story that your readers yearn for. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us what's next for Jennifer. So I just got offered a contract for three more um, Amish quilt maker books from the Amish quilt maker series. So I'm, um, you know, trying frantically to find titles. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, but I've got the three books planned. So that's exciting. And they'll probably, the first one of those probably won't come out till maybe the first of 2024. That sounds so far away. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what I'm, my next thing I'm going to be working on. I'm really excited. I, I love, those are set in Colorado and I love the, the world that's out there and the, just the, the characters that I've, I've written about. So anyway, that'll be fun. Well, I am going to give you the floor to um, introduce your your new pen name, if you'd like. Oh, well, thank oh, you. You got um, you got the floor. Please. please tell so us. i I've loved my Amish um, writing career, and I have wanted to write some different types of books. Um, some contemporary and some and westerns I've even got a fantasy I'm thinking about and so I decided to do a new pen name it's Jen Spencer so I've written three books one two are contemporaries and one is a western and I'm currently working on a second western and um so I just kind of wanted to separate them they're all sweet I uh, you know which means they're clean and romantic. I just have kind of launched that. I've launched this new Facebook group. It's called Jen Spencer's 10 minute book club. So if you want to go check that out, it's where every other week it was every week and that got to be a little bit hard. So it's every other week I interview a new sweet romance author and it's really fun to just get to know them and to um, hear about new sweet romances that um, readers might be interested in. So those are kind of some fun things that are going on in my life right now. Now, do you have it, uh, like if somebody went to Jen, uh, Jennifer Beckstrand, your website, would they find information about Jen Spencer on there? 
Um, you know, they would not, but that's actually probably a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Jennifer, you need to put information about Jen Spencer on your website. Um, best of Thank luck you. with that. You know, I can see that, you know, um, some of our readers are not all exclusive to the Amish genre. So mm -hmm. I am certain your fans will definitely follow you to your oh, Jen, Jen you. Spencer. I'm I sure of it. So. I hope they so. I, the, the one contemporary, well, it was my second Jen Spencer book. It's called Dandelion Meadows. And I think it is laugh out loud funny. I think it's so <laughs> cute. So I, you'll like it. If you like, if you like my Amish books, I think you'll like my romance, sweet romances too. And what's it called again? Dandelion Meadows? Dandelion Meadows. Oh, I'm going to look that one up. I'm going to look that one up. Thank you. All righty. So like I always do, I love to end with a little speed round where I ask you a few questions that mean absolutely nothing about writing, but they help our <laughs> listeners get to know who Jennifer Beckstrand is a little more. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Would you rather have endless summer or endless winter? Oh, endless summer. <laughs> okay does anybody choose endless winter I um not me <laughs> not me hence why I moved from snowy blowy north Pennsylvania to hot hot South Carolina so okay what is the pet name you call your husband uh his name is Gary so sometimes I call him Gare Bear <laughs> okay and I and I have met your husband Gary and he is like a big teddy bear so he I can is. see He's where you delightful. see that <laughs> and my last question is what's for supper tonight at the Beckstrand house we don't have that much time to go into I'm trying this new keto thing <laughs> it will probably be a salad <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's decided yet, so. <laughs> well that's how we get to know jennifer beckstrand she's yeah. trying the keto thing she's yeah. trying the keto thing out so well thank you jennifer for spending time with us this week and i look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the buggy talk podcast and to all of you listeners if you want to pick up a copy of his amish sweetheart you can look for the link in the show notes of this episode or you can go on my website and find it at buggytalkpodcast.com. To end this episode, if you want more information on my latest release, Rebecca's Amish Heart Restored, or any of the stories I weave around my fictitious town of Willow Springs, I invite you to visit Tracy's Amish Books. That's Tracy with a Y at tracysamishbooks.com.